hi guys this is fj back once again with a short episode of my podcast right so we are going to start today's podcast by talking about um, afghanistan a little bit uh, you see in afghanistan last time we checked um, mr president ashraf ghani he had called a jirga a lawyer jirga uh, now obviously those who don't know um, what that is uh, well, a lawyer jirga is basically a traditional gathering of, of, of uh, various leaders from all walks of life, basically. Um, these are, you know, these could be politicians, retired military officials, teachers, and, uh, you know, uh, so on. Uh, basically, people who hold, you know, some kind of, uh, some kind of influence in, in, in the society. And this... Uh, culture of uh, you know calling lawyer jirgas it's it's very common in the pashtun culture so um ashraf ghani uh, he um called a lawyer jirga and the purpose of that was basically that that lawyer jirga was supposed to decide the fate of the remaining um about 400 taliban prisoners uh, you see, these 400 Taliban prisoners, um, according to the Afghan government, um, they uh, they are involved in uh, very serious crimes, and some of them they are uh, even involved in um, the killings and uh, maiming of um, uh, foreigners, um, including uh, NATO soldiers. So. Uh, now this jirga was supposed to decide the fate of these 400 taliban prisoners and it did decide um it did vote and um, um it, it voted in favor of uh, releasing these prisoners for the sake of peace so and and just let me add to this that this whole stunt of uh, you know calling a lawyer jirga um by uh, mr president ashraghani was basically uh, it was a political stunt that's that's what it was and um he wanted to bear no responsibility whatsoever for the release of these prisoners so he you know gave the task to the lawyer jirga um which is if you really ask me it is kind of a democratic process um so but that lawyer jirga gave its decision and it said that you know you should release um we should the the one government should release um these uh, Taliban prisoners for the sake of peace um, and then it was decided that yes these prisoners will be released except just a day after that we saw these media reports two different media reports one talking about Australian authorities having um, concerns and uh, the other piece uh, talking about uh, French authorities having concerns about uh, the release of these prisoners because they were saying basically France and Australia they were saying that um, some of these prisoners um, have been involved um, in the murder of our um, of our citizens and so we do not want a one government to release these prisoners which obviously I completely understand um, so so that happened and now we are back to um this this whole thing that um that is now being conveyed by the Awan government that there will be um more delay 
um, in the release of these prisoners. Now remember, without the release of these prisoners, we cannot move towards Intraguan talks, which were supposed to take place this very week. Um, as far as, uh, you know, uh, Onama was concerned, Onama said that um, the, the Intraguan talks, that, that was last week, and Onama said that Intraguan talks uh, will take place this very week, but obviously that's not happening, and that's because um, now we have another hurdle. Um, in the way of Intraguan talks. Um, of course, I completely understand uh, the point of view of France, of Australia, and obviously there, there, there might even be um, other countries, uh, you know, which, which, uh, which obviously, you know, if, if, if they've had their citizens killed by some of these prisoners, then obviously they would have an issue with their release. That is completely understandable. What is not understandable to me is that um, why was Loejirga called in the first place? If, if the idea, um, well, first of all, the Doha deal it did not include the Awan government, right? It was signed between the Americans and doing the Taliban. That was that was the biggest uh, mistake I think that Americans made. But I think that they 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 just wanted to get done with it. Um, they just wanted to get done with the deal, and uh, uh, they saw willingness from the Taliban, and you know. Uh, the state of Pakistan it cooperated with them and uh, they said that hey why not if, if Taliban are willing to sign a deal directly with us then we should go ahead and do it because Americans at that point was basically only concerned about one or two things and well number one thing was to you know minimize or possibly end um, any kind of NATO casualties in Afghanistan, and the second thing was that they, they, you know, they were seeking and they are still seeking um, a safe passage out of Afghanistan. So, so they said that okay, let's let's do this. But the problem is that they did not take the Afghan government on board, right? So, fine, but Afghan government, you know, like I said, Mr. President Ashrawani you know he, he he came up with this political stunt he called a jirga he said that it, it would be a one people who are going to decide the fate of these taliban prisoners and they did and they said that they should be released but now the same Awan government the same ashraf Ghani is telling us that now we have to take the opinion of the world as well the rest of the world and well the, the, then the question is that why was the deal signed just between the Taliban and the United States of America? If, 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 if the opinion of the rest of the world also mattered, um, why did you sign the deal? I mean, you should have taken, you know, your own allies. And I'm, I'm really, you know, talking about America here, that America should have taken um, its own allies in, in, into confidence about this whole thing. But it looks like that it did not, obviously. And... Um, so, so anyway, this is this is what's been uh, going on in Afghanistan once again. You know, this this whole thing, because the idea of the Doha deal was terrible from day one. That you are signing a deal between between yourself and the Taliban when when there are so many other parties in in, in uh, Afghanistan, right? There are so many parties involved in there, and there are so many countries. There are so many groups, proxies, you know, militant groups and intelligence you know intelligence agencies of, of different countries and so you really can't expect this thing to work out this easily um, because you even did not bother to take the one government into confidence
they were actually conveyed the um, you know the points of the deal later on um, when everything was basically decided between the Americans and the Taliban um, there was there were a few things which the Afghan government knew beforehand but most of it they came to learn at the very last stage at the very final stages of it so um anyway uh, this is this is what's going on in Afghanistan and you know let's see let's see what happens those who know me they obviously know my position i mean i think that uh, americans should not have signed that deal in the first place it was a terrible deal to begin with um but now that they have signed it um i think it's very important for them to actually uphold that deal and that's just to maintain american credibility at this point um america really gets nothing out of it except a safe passage um and uh, taliban get a they they literally get a lot of it like they probably didn't expect to get that much out of it to be honest but but they're getting the most out of it and well one government is also not getting a lot out of it to be honest i mean sure there will be a ceasefire eventually but uh, you see one government will also need to share power with uh, with the taliban and that's going to be a problem because there are going to be a lot of people in afghanistan who are part of the Afghan government you know part of the Afghan army when i say government obviously mean the government and all those uh, branches of the government which includes the military so it's you know Afghan military uh, Afghan policemen um the Afghan intelligence nds i mean there are going to be so many people in there who who are just not going to agree to you know to share power and So yeah anyway let's let's hope for the best but this is what's going on in Afghanistan at the moment um anyway let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Israel at this point um you see uh, all the islamists and all the anti-semites they they are still uh, mourning the you know the announcement of uh, uh, the development of um, diplomatic relations between uh, the state of Israel and UAE um and obviously pakistanis you know they they are pretty much on the top of it um when it comes to mourning this this whole thing um there's a lot of disrespect that has been uh, thrown at um, amarati leaders and uh, let me just say that a lot of stuff that happens online obviously you know it gets you know internet never forgets so if you might have said something about an amarati leader on social media let's say on facebook or twitter right like if you've said like something really harsh right um you might find it difficult to land in dubai if you're try if you're planning a trip to a trip to dubai i i suggest that you change your plans and you go somewhere else <laughs> that's the thing so um yeah i mean because uh, you know arab governments do not like this kind of attitude and um but yeah there's a lot still a lot of mourning that's going on but that's that's understandable it will continue for some time there's also uh, some some um you know there were also some people who were actually praising this this statement from um saudi arabia which said that um saudi arabia will not um recognize israel uh, before the establishment of a palestinian state so um 
obviously there were people who were you know welcoming that and who were trying to portray this idea that maybe arabs are backtracking maybe they are you know they're going back to their old position maybe they're regretting you know ue doing this uh, like recognizing israel but no that that's 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 exactly what is not happening what is actually happening is that this is something that was expected because um i uh, even i said this in one of my podcasts that um saudi arabia will not recognize israel just just yet okay um we will we have already seen ue doing it right um we are probably going to see some other countries as well but saudi arabia will not do it anytime soon you have to understand this and we have to really wait for the time when prince ambias becomes a king um and a lot of stuff uh, that's going to be changing uh in, in regards to saudi arabia uh that would be happening once mbs becomes the king so so yeah be patient um don't get too overexcited because this is not uh this is not arabs backtracking this is not arabs going back to their old uh, you know stance of uh, rejectionism towards israel and let's face it saudi arabia already has backdoor relationships you know in different uh, areas with israel so it means not a secret anymore but but yeah um as far as uh, the recognition of israel is concerned you know saudi arabia will not do it just yet but it will do it eventually so you have to wait for that um there was another thing that happened uh, sudan's foreign ministry's spokesperson who recently gave a statement and said that sudan wants peace with israel and it is looking forward to signing a you know similar agreement with the state of israel the kind of agreement that was signed between uh, israel and uae um that spokesperson has been fired again there were some people who were trying to um you know who who were trying to give a very different color to this what i personally think is that sudan is a is a you know is a country that is full of cracks okay you have to understand that and uh, there's a lot of tussle between the civilian uh, government and the military in sudan so as far as i know uh that person was fired because the military wanted to take credit for um you know taking a new uh you can say direction when it comes to the state of israel and having relations with it um but since it was announced kind of announced by the spokesperson of the foreign ministry i think the military um you know there were people in sudan's military who were very angry about it and uh that is probably one of the reasons if not the only reason then one of the reasons why he was fired okay but you have to know that again backdoor relations between sudan and between the state of israel already exist in fact very recently israel was seen defending sudan you know so so this is not something that um that should be misinterpreted you know uh we we should not misinterpret this thing um and uh the fact of the matter is that um most muslim countries today have some kind of relationships 
uh, with with Israel. You know, those could be in different areas. Those could be trade relations. Those could be uh, those could be um, defense ties. Those could be security related internet. Uh, you know, intelligence sharing ties, um, or um, those could be tourism ties, and so on. You know, but just because a Muslim country does not recognize the state of Israel officially. Um, does not mean that that country does not have any kind of relationship with Israel uh, when it comes to having backdoor relations, right? So, so that's one thing we need to remember. So again, uh, I'm not going to misinterpret this uh, this 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 incident that, that took place in Sudan, um, the firing of the um, spokesperson of the foreign ministry. I think that there are some other reasons that that happened. Um, and uh, Sudan is also a country which also has to think about its not just about its uh, broken system but it obviously it also has to think about its public right the public uh, sentiment so uh, so there are a lot of factors at play um, but it does not mean that um, Sudan will not eventually recognize Israel Sudan will definitely eventually recognize Israel if not immediately then it will happen um, in near future and that's something that we know that it will happen we just know it right so yeah um in the very end i want to talk about israel itself um well uh, you know as we all know that there are um, there are different um There's a variety of criticism that is coming towards uh, Mr. Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel. Um, some of that criticism is coming from uh, the left wing, the left wing of Israel. Um, some, of the, some of that criticism is coming from the right wing. Um, and some of that criticism that is coming from the right wing actually includes the criticism from Mr. Netanyahu's own, uh, own supporters. Okay, so... Um, even uh, people from his own party, the Likud party, um, people from that party are also actually, they have also criticized him. Um, he's mostly being criticized for quote-unquote selling out uh, Israeli settlements or settlers or the annexation plan. Um, the settler community is not happy, obviously, with uh, Mr. Netanyahu. Um, they are accusing him of uh, selling them out uh, uh, for the sake of this deal with UAE. Um, they're also accusing him of uh, taking uh, dictation from the Americans when it comes to annexation. Uh, Mr. Netanyahu, in his defense, he has told uh, these uh, settler leaders that um, do not criticize me, okay? You guys were the ones who were criticizing Trump's peace plan, and now look what happened. And he he does have a point because uh, these settler leaders were actually um, engaging in a lot of criticism against Trump's peace plan all the way back in June. So even I said that at, you know at that time in one of my podcasts that. Um, Trump administration has conveyed it to the Israeli government that look we are not happy with all this uh, uh, criticism that is coming from these settler leaders you need to you know calm them down you need to sit them down and talk to them reason with them and tell them that we are not going to tolerate this kind of criticism against us so 
that was obviously conveyed to the settler leaders but they obviously did not stop because these are highly ideological people you have to understand that um, they are not um, pragmatic they are not very pragmatic people um, they are extremely ideological and so they continued to criticize Trump's peace plan and uh, Trump administration was very unhappy with it um, so uh, Mr. Netanyahu basically told them that look if Americans do not allow us to annex um, then we cannot annex okay and you have to live with that um, it, it's not in the interest of the state of Israel to um, carry out annexation without uh, the approval from Americans so so that is something that Mr. Netanyahu um, came up um, as his defense. But we have to really admit that, uh, you know, this decision that was taken by Mr. Netanyahu uh, to sign this deal with the UAE and uh, um, to obviously um, accept the American uh, demand to delay annexation for the time being uh, it was a difficult decision because he knew um, you know the political cost of it um, that he's gonna have to face uh, in Israel back home so um, so yeah it was a difficult decision I think uh, on his part uh, but it was also a bold decision um, and uh, I think that he made the right choice if, if you know if you ask me I'm going to say that he made the right choice and um, I obviously and he's 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 absolutely right about um, you know uh, not going for annexation without American approval because uh, that will definitely not be in the interest of uh, Israel so yeah um, and uh, you know uh, as, as far as UAE is concerned UAE has really given Israelis and the state of Israel itself um, something to lose um, and this is why this is this actually can be a very good um, strategy by the Arabs if you ask me um, if several other Arab states including Saudi Arabia also go on to recognize Israel to establish relationship with Israel um, I think Israel will have more to lose Israel will be more careful with everything Israel will have to think like one million more times about annexation um, and Israel will 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 say to uh, you know to itself that um, that you know before before this we, we really had very little to lose but now we actually have a lot to lose you know and you know economic interests actually they can actually make people do things that anything else probably couldn't so if Israel has economic interests with these Arab states I think Israel will be um, it will be kind of forced to think that you know there are certain actions it should not carry out uh, because like I said then it is it, 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 you know, it has a lot to lose Israel will have a lot to lose so um, so I think this this is actually a very good thing that UAE has done um, and it's good for Arabs it is good for Palestinians obviously there are so many people um, who just don't see it that way 
who, who are who are simply incapable of seeing that how this can actually really help uh, bring about uh, you know a solution for this whole conflict um, eventually at least uh, so I think that you know as far as Arabs are concerned they should actually follow in UAE's footsteps and they should go on and establish relationships with Israel so that you know in the future Israel will have more to lose and it will have to be more careful more considerate about everything and uh, I think that would be good for the region that would be good for everybody it would be good for the Arabs it would be good for Israel it would be good for the region so everybody wins so so yeah you know we need to learn from um, the Europeans um, who fought against each other in World War II and today um, you know we use Europe as an example of freedom of movement and uh, you know the the economic um, diversity um, their economic strength um, so we, we can really learn quite a bit from from European countries and how they learned to coexist with each other um, of course uh, you know there wasn't a lot of involvement of religion um, in that uh, in that arena but um, obviously when it comes to Israel and when it comes to this Palestinian conflict um, there is a very um, heavy role of religion for many people there are so many people out there who still uh, look at this conflict as a conflict between Muslims and Jews and I think that is just absurd because for me it's not a conflict between Muslims and Jews it's simply a geopolitical conflict um, it's not even a conflict between uh, Israelis and Arabs anymore because not all Arabs actually hate Israel um, so it's just uh, it's, it's just a geopolitical conflict that's what it is and uh, we have to really see it uh, from that lens uh, if we really um, intend to get anywhere with it so anyway this is what's going on guys and um, hopefully I'll you know I'll be back very soon with uh, another episode of my podcast uh, we can only hope the best for Afghanistan the best for Israel the best for Palestinians the best for Arab states um, and we hope that uh, you know these regions they they start moving towards peace uh, if not immediately then eventually anyway guys take care bye bye